This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime in Northern BC. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm the co-host, Spencer Hall. Our podcast may contain mature content, and it usually does. So, listener discretion is advised. All right, Spencer. We're back at it. We're back in the studio. We're and back in the studio. Yeah, we're back. I like I'm very excited to see you, but I'm exhausted today. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I was about to say something completely inappropriate. What else is new? Uh nothing. Nothing is new. Well, actually, you know what else is new, Spencer? Is we've been lacking on introducing where we've been recording from. So like land acknowledgments? Land acknowledgments. Okay. Thank you. We Thank should, you. Smart man. We we should probably start doing that. Let's do that. Okay. Why, why don't you take us take us to Land Acknowledgement Corner, please? Land Acknowledgement Corner? Um, all right. Well, Emily, today we are recording this episode on the traditional and unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Deneza people, uh, which have held this land since time in memoriam. Uh, also, if you want to learn about the local history of our indigenous folk, you can look into um, the beaver people, uh, okay. and then they kind of splintered off into their own group. So like Blueberry, uh, Doig River, and all that good cool. stuff. You can Thanks. also learn more by listening to Before the Peace podcast with Ooh. our good friends Trey Lapashinsky and Jenna Moreland. Do it. Fully recommend it. It's a great, it's a great listen. Um, and now I'm going to take you down to a good corner. We love this corner. Is it crime corner? It's crime corner. So my favorite releases that we get from the RCMP are when they find things, but they don't know where that came from. Um, Um, so this is my butt. It's always there. Uh, they never look there. They never find it. They probably find stuff all the time, but this one, I remember getting in the email and I enjoyed it. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. Okay. Now, this was in the summer of 2022, so chances are they've already found these things. So if you're missing these things, I, I don't know if it's yours or not. I don't. I just don't know. You can always reach out to the RCMP and they'll be able to tell you. But anyway, the Fort St. John RCMP was seeking the public's assistance in returning found property believed to have been stolen. So in the early morning hours of July 17th, Fort St. John RCMP arrested an individual uh, for breach of conditions. During the interaction, police seized items that they believe were stolen. The items believed to be stolen are a banjo in a unique snowboard bag and a relatively new looking adult bicycle. Okay. So. So it's a banjo playing bicycler. Yeah, he couldn't afford a banjo case, so he actually just used a snowboard case. Okay. Probably. I don't know. Um, was anyway. this the same guy that uh, we talked about that one time that was like living in someone's house? I think he did their dishes or something. Um, I don't know if it's the same guy. Okay. I'm going to pretend it is. Okay. All right. Um, that's not how facts work, but okay. Uh, so if you wanted to claim the banjo, you needed to be able to provide a photograph. Is this your banjo? <laughs> is this uh, your banjo? Is this a- <laughs> They're like, oh my god, I, I never thought I'd see my banjo again. I don't know why I just like saying the word banjo. Banjo. Um, anyway, so you're supposed to be able to tell them what the brand and color of banjo it was. I didn't know that banjos came in other colors. That yeah. sounds like really um, ignorant for our banjo playing listeners, but I just didn't know. It's probably, like, are banjos like ukuleles? 
No. I mean, I'm just going to say... I mean, they have strings. I think that's probably where the similarities run they're out. They're all the same. They're not. I've just decided. They're not at all. This is how facts work. This is they not how facts work. You went to university. <laughs> and if you are missing your banjo, it can be found in my butt. Okay. There's there's a lot of banjos in there. It's a Thanks. banjo clearance sale. Um, anyway, so you're able to, you were supposed to... Uh, be able to provide a photograph or verbally described, you know, the, the brand and color of banjo, the brand and color of the snowboard bag, as mm-hmm. well as the specific brand model type or whatever of the bicycle. Not only to focus on the bicycle, a lot of banjo talk in this release. I mean, we got to give the people what they want. The people want the banjos. They want that banjo content. They want the banjo content, and that's what we're going to give them. Yeah. Oddly enough, Spencer, this is similar to when I, well, I don't want to say stole, but, you know, uh, but you occur- forcefully uh, <laughs> acquired. I acquired some lawn ornaments. And the <laughs> police the, Are these to, the gnomes? These are the gnomes. And the police did... I don't know if it was on the radio, but they said you had to come identify your lawn gnomes at the station. God. So, I mean, the story I, it tracks. I believe it. Do you think that they, the police took mug shots of your gnomes? Uh, they probably did more than that with them. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. I, I don't think no, you should no, besmirch the good name of the Fort St. John RCMP like that. I'm sure they were, they back. acted with the utmost professionalism towards those gnomes. I actually ended up having lunch with two RCMP members somewhat accidentally. Um, How does that happen? Accidentally because we were all in the same mentorship um, program where the teens would come in and they'd learn about your different jobs. Oh, okay. And we got to sit with whoever we wanted to on lunch. And so I just kind of perched myself there and i said hey my name's emily and i'm really sorry but you're not gonna get to enjoy your lunch because i'm <laughs> i have a lot of questions that's so funny and i didn't stop talking for a full hour meanwhile they're just trying to enjoy their mac and cheese one of them really seemed to enjoy it the other one i don't know okay well anyway uh constable chad newstater who with the fort st john rcmp said this is a an unusual combination of items i, I would- feel like i had lunch with chad did you is he the person that you speak with with all the media releases? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Chad. He's a lovely guy. Hey, Chad. He's the indigenous uh, policing officer uh, yeah. who goes out to like Blueberry River and Doig. Very nice guy. He's definitely got that, um, I don't know, it's a like, typical cop look, but he's got like the rough and tumble. He like... carries himself with authority and I yes, respect it. that's what, yeah, he's an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right, Chad, let's continue. Chad. Uh, Mr. Newstater said, if you own a banjo... Or a very unique snowboard bag, whether at home or in storage, you should check to make sure you still have them. Could you, you imagine? Know. Have you lost your cat recently? Have you lost check your banjo? Have you lost your banjo? What if you didn't know that you lost your banjo? That's the thing. They might not even know that they were missing their banjo. They didn't really deserve that banjo then. I think that, say. I don't think that's fair. They say. didn't love that banjo enough to even know that it was missing. You don't know. I, people, I do hey, know. Look, people lose their kids all the time and they don't know that do. they're missing. That's they not fair. Do. They do. Uh, oh, anyway, uh, the release ends by saying that the Fort St. John RCMP continue to investigate and ask them to call them at the the detachment. Fun fact, uh, okay. our phone number here at energeticcity.ca is one digit off of, of the, the Fort St. John RCMP's phone number. Classic. We're 7100, they're 8100. Would you guys get any good calls? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, I have messed it up when I'm writing up a release, though, and said, yeah, give us a call. It's 7,100. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got to go change that. I would be very interested to talk to the RCMP and find out some of the weirdest stuff that they found stolen. Unfortunately, I never really get that information because, like, mm-hmm. I'm on the, on the record. Uh, but I'm sure if you, uh, y- you know, bothered them while they were on lunch more, maybe yeah. you'd be able to find out. I'm just going to start showing up 
everywhere. At you're just going to show up when you, whenever you see a police car. You're just like, I have questions. Yeah, <laughs> I have. That's what I did. I sat down. I was like, I've got some questions, guys. And you know what? They gave me answers. Hey, that's awesome. I know. It was beautiful. All right. Well, that's Crime Corner. You know who else we should hear from? Me? No. Oh. Oh, our, our sponsors. Yeah, those. Those <laughs> fine folks. <laughs> yes. Let's take it down to Sponsor Town. Sponsor Town. Sponsor Town. Personal, powerful conversations that deserve to be listened to. Before the Peace is an energeticcity.ca podcast now available on all major platforms that highlights Indigenous voices in Northeast BC. Hosts Jenna Moreland and Trey Lapashinsky will take you on a journey with an Indigenous lens on the history of the Peace region. Find out more, go to energeticcity.ca slash before the peace. Check out all of our podcasts, go to energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. Hi, Spencer. We're back. Hi, we're hey. back. It's like we never left. It's like I've still been looking at you this whole entire time. It's like we just paused awkwardly and took a sip of water at the same time. And now yeah. we're continuing on podcasting. If anyone ever wants, like, it, here's the thing. is like podcasts, when they hit big, they're like, you want a behind the scenes look? They would just be us. It'd be us trying to figure out how audition works. <laughs> <laughs> it would be us re-recording an episode three times because we didn't. Did no, you like the inflection on secrets? I think what we should try it again. <laughs> yes. Am I pronouncing my P's correctly? <laughs> well, Spencer, this one's going to be a little bit of a quickie today. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's not a good story. Not a good sco- story. It's extremely titillating, if I may say so myself. Did someone die? Well, we don't know. Time I'm, will tell. I'm just saying, don't make sexual jokes if someone died. Oh, no, 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 no. I... Oh, you were actually like genuinely using the word titillating. It is. It's it's an intriguing case. Maybe there we go. a more proper word for oh, this. Okay. All right. One of Canada's oldest unsolved cases happened only 15 minutes from us, Spencer, in Taylor, BC. Oh, yeah. For the listeners, Taylor, BC is on the Alaska Highway and sits along the Peace River. It's also about a 15-minute drive from Fort St. John. On August 28, 1973, a 36-year-old woman going by the name of Amelie MacArthur was last seen driving away from her home. Fun fact, Amelie is also the name of my favorite movie. Okay. Later that day, someone would make an odd discovery. Amelie's car was found abandoned on the Taylor Bridge... And she was nowhere to be found. Okay, here's the thing about the Taylor Bridge. How do you how do you abandon a car? I guess it was 1973, so maybe the traffic patterns were the same. But like, <laughs> I you take your life into your hands every time you drive across the Taylor Bridge. I'm saying I'll tell you that for free. I do not like driving across that thing. There have been people who have actually driven off the Taylor Bridge and survived. Have you seen the? Uh, that's crazy. But did you see the video recently where somebody lost a tire? while they were driving on the Taylor Bridge and no. it like bounced in front of somebody. Oh, they actually took that video and they're like, it's part of like the uh, semi-driving course now t- because of, yeah. Let's have that on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. Like, I, and it's like, you just see a tire flying at you. Like, on like I don't, what do you do in that situation? You don't, you can't hit the brakes. Like, it's just going to hit you anyway. There's nowhere to go. You're on a bridge. Yeah. Well, especially a narrow freaking bridge that's broken half the time. And for the listeners who don't live here, this bridge is notorious for always being under construction. Always maintenance. Always Uh, maintenance. The province has been talking about replacing it for years. Anytime we have to write an article saying, hey, it's under maintenance, always comments. Everyone's like, how is this news? It's like the Uh, same thing about the hot tub at the leisure pool. I would, People I, really mad about that. Yeah, well, they... People be, have thoughts. Here's the thing, is that they built 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about our infrastructure out here for those who don't live here. Um, they built the aquatic center in Fort St. John, the North Peace Leisure Pool, smaller than what the population was in 1996. So now we have a aquatic center, which is too small for us, and it is broken constantly. And the way that they piped in the hot tub is just egregious. So they haven't been able to fix it for at least, I think it was like three years. Like it's... We're, we're barely getting by. Our hot tub doesn't work. Our bridge is terrible. I'm just kidding. We'll be okay. It's a lovely community. Anyway, uh, Amelie, she abandoned her car on the Taylor Bridge. Again, don't know how to do that. It's very narrow. You could barely fit two cars in there. Uh-huh. So that probably blocked up traffic a little bit. But get this, Spencer. Her lights were still on and the driver's door was still open and the car was running. That's, oh, that's, that's foul play number one, isn't it? Like clue, clue yeah. number one. They got an abandoned vehicle. She's nowhere to be seen. It's still running with the door open. It is still running. So unfortunately, I couldn't find the maker model of the vehicle. So that's just all the information I have to go on. Okay, fair enough. According to Missing Canada, an eyewitness stated that Amelie was wearing a gold wedding band with an eternity ring, as well as copper colored pants and a blue shirt. How close was this, was this eyewitness that they could be like, it was an eternity band, 34 carat. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's odd. I'm wondering if maybe they saw each other talked in the front yard give him a little neighbor oh maybe hey, how yeah. you doing a for some reason pat, when you said in the oh, car butt, that's don't. what i do with my neighbors okay i never want to be your neighbor but also actually that's a lie i would love to be your neighbor yeah. but no i mean i when you said eyewitness i just assumed like an eyewitness on the bridge yeah no no i'm i'm thinking that this eyewitness saw uh, her drive away or something yeah some other identifying features are a four inch scar on her abdomen dentures and a mole on her chest, along with a scar on her left wrist. Okay. And at the time she disappeared, Webb Sluice listed her disappearance as 36 years old, 5 foot 6 inches, and 134 pounds. To, to clarify, Webb Sluice didn't exist in 1973, so you're talking about when she disappeared, mm-hmm. or like Webb Sluice is listing that at the time she disappeared. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just, exactly. just checking. Yeah. And there are a few theories about what happened to Amelie or should I say Molly what (laughs) that's right our Amelie has a few different aliases she also had gone by the name of Molly Davis and Molly Elizabeth MacArthur and Molly Steiner this reminds me of um, the Simpsons episode where they find Homer's mom and then she has a bunch of uh, uh, like IDs and one of them, her name was Muddy Mae Suggins. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm sorry, but that's, I just immediately thought about that. But Good. I love that. Um, that's a lot of aliases for, know. you know. Uh, okay. Like, anyway. Oh, okay. So oh. you have some theories. Okay. I've got some theories and there's not a lot of information on this case. Oh. Um, but my theory is going through my head. She could have jumped off the bridge. Okay. Okay. Her body was never found, Hmm. but they do mention a scar on her left wrist. So maybe that was self-harm and maybe an indication of suicidal ideation. But then why leave the car running? Maybe you're just not thinking about it. Also, it's 1973. So like if she was going Mm -hmm. through this stuff, chances are she probably wasn't, you know, telling people. Yeah, exactly. And if you are going to jump off a bridge, you probably don't care if your car's running or not. Yeah, it's like, what what are you going to do? Oh, no, my gas, my gas mileage. I don't know. So weird. Or did she just leave and start a new life? I mean, you did mention that people have driven off that bridge and survived. So that my question then is, why weren't we able to find her? Well, the people that I think went off the bridge were in like a vehicle that went off the bridge. Okay, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Um, But she could have started a new life. It's 
kind of plausible on the information that we have. Um, she's got multiple aliases. Maybe she was running away from someone or something. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, people fake their own deaths all the time. Like, yeah. it was so easy back then. Oh, I mean, look at how many aliases. Because <laughs> she'll start over again, do somewhere else. Just do over. But the true crime little diva in me wants to also add that she could have been abducted. That's honestly when you said that the car was running and the door was open. That was my first thought. Yeah. The state of the vehicle is very similar to other abductions that we've heard of. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, you know, it's on the Alaska Highway, which even today doesn't have. Well, I mean, we didn't have cell phones back then. So she very easily just could have been snatched. And that's it. And this is along the same area that we did an episode that um, we're covering uh, Tina Washburn. Yep. And she would have been picked up along this area and murdered here as well. So it's not... It's not uncommon, Not uncommon. No, exactly. I mean, we'll never truly know, but guess what, Spencer? What? I was doing my online searching on the Doe Network, and that's where, you know, people can go and they can look at unidentified human remains, um, you know, as one does on a Tuesday. Um, yeah, that sounds like an average Tuesday for you. Average Tuesday for me. I came across some remains that really had some identifying features that matched Amelie's description. Wow. Okay. They both had dental work. They right. Both they both had, had dentures. Yeah. They both... Uh, I don't know if it was dentures or just extensive dental work. Okay. They both had abdominal scarring. Um, so I contacted uh, the Doe Network. They actually emailed me back, letting me know that that match had never been submitted before, and they'll be bringing it up to their board to discuss. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Do you know when? No, I don't know when, but I'm definitely going to update you. Oh, my gosh. That's, how wild would that be? That would be incredibly, incredibly wild. So this, in that case, if it was her, she would have obviously had started a different life, gone over to like the eastern side of Canada. Yeah. Um, and that's where she ultimately, I think, this unidentified woman had passed away. Oh, that's unfortunate. But it could be her. Wow. So if you, listeners, have any information about this case, please contact any of the following. Fort St. John RCMP at 250-787-8100. Not... Yeah, if you call 7100, you're just going to get me. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to help you, unfortunately. No. And the reference case number is 1973-70110. Or you can just call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Or 8477. Yes. Uh, also, if you want to remember the first three, uh, four digits of that reference case, it's the year that she disappeared, which was 1973. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's, that's my case. That's my little deep dive. My, wow. my short, that's my shallow pool dive. Because there's not a lot there. Your kitty pool. It's my kitty pool dive. Okay. Kitty pool corner for today. Yeah, it was unfortunate that we couldn't get like a lot of information, but I know that you always scour the web, so. Yeah, I looked at all the aliases. Yeah, I imagine that took some time. Yeah, and the only people I could really find were Americans, and which is definitely common. There's a lot of people that immigrate to this neck of the woods for some reason. Yeah. Um, sadists say we love the cold i don't know i don't know if i would go that far (laughs) and there are some pretty redeeming things here i mean we just had our ice carving competition that was actually pretty amazing right and ice slides yeah ice slides that was the first year that they've done ice slides since i've been here so okay love it yeah high on ice festival for those who are uh, interested google it it's fun which can we talk about that name for a second yeah you know what you're not the first person like obviously like with us like we have journalists like new journalists come in 
fairly often. Uh, and everyone, anytime someone's new, we're like, yeah, the High on Ice Festival. And every time someone's like, is that is that really what we're calling it? Yeah, is it? Are we sticking with this? Yes. Yeah, are, it's, it's the High on Ice Festival. You're well. If you're on top of the ice slide, I would argue that you're high on ice. Yeah, you are. Um, also, it's just it's just a cool cool festival. Anyway, literally um, cool. Thank you for telling me about this case, uh, Amelie MacArthur, or whatever her whatever her real name was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have so many questions. Maybe we'll get answers. Maybe. I hope that you get a, an update. I hope they tell you if it's her or not. Like, yes. I hope they just give you an answer. Yes. Uh, by which I I'll mean the Doe Network. Okay, sounds good. Um, well, that's our short and sweet episode. Uh, if you want to contact us, I relaunched my professional Instagram. I have not posted on there yet, so I guess technically Ooh. I haven't relaunched it. But uh, you can still follow me on my personal Instagram. There's, I mean... I'm not great at Instagram, but if you want to follow my, my professional one where I'll be posting what I get up to in the week, it is Hall Spence at Instagram. That's nice. it. That's all I got. Tight, uh, tight, I'm going to double tight, check tight, tight, if that's tight. correct. And if you want to follow us on social media and see some pictures of Amelie that we're going to post there, follow us at Secrets of the North underscore podcast on Instagram. Or if you want to take a picture no, or if you want to take a look at my shenanigans, then I'm e to the underscore g e e on Instagram. Heck yeah! Okay, so know. this is why I shouldn't be allowed to plug my own social media. It's actually it's not, wrong. Yeah, so nice. it's Hall dot Spence. So that Same. dot very important. Um, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. Spencer. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I love you. Okay. I love you too. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.